variety of stores that the village has to offer. Have some fresh bread over at Panera, or skip on next door for a bagel over at Brugger's, or try out Einstein where you can have another bagel with your morning coffee, or try a different coffee over at Caribou Coffee. The village even has a Starbucks. For dinner and nightlife, try the Village Grill. Just make sure you get there early because, like every store in Gross Point, it closes at 9 p.m. But beyond all the shops, the village is a great place to people watch, especially if you're a pedophile. And sometimes, not often, but on a rare occasion, you might even see some black people. The village, Gross Point, Pure Michigan. Yo and hello, fam. Avenue here. Make sure you tune in every Thursday at high noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific to Avenue and Friends, only on RawRadioX.com. It's your weekly therapy session, your usual dose of highfalutin hijinks, crazy antics, sarcasm, and bad jokes. Oh, it's true. Remember, it's Avenue and Friends, Thursdays at noon, 9 a.m. Pacific. RawRadioX.com. Act like you know. This is White Dog Detroit, and you're listening to Raw Radio X. Real Raw Radio. The Art of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Tuzinski, or the Art of Relationships. Thank you. Welcome to the Art of Relationships Radio Show. Greg has been a relationships expert guest host on numerous radio shows. He promises that this show is for you and to help listeners become more fulfilled, healthier, and happier in your relationships and lives. Licensed relationship and sex counselor Greg Dazinski, the Art of Relationships radio show, will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy, plus help in reigniting the passion in your romantic relationships. He also welcomes live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. No more tit-for-tat arguments. Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a rapid, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and grow happier. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan. To others, he's simply known as Master G. Hey everybody, it's uh, Greg Dzinski here. We're front live from the studios of RawRadioX.com. This is the Art of Relationships radio show, and it's sort of cool this evening. Oh, by the way, it is uh, hump night, and Detroit Tigers are in town down here in Detroit, and I have no idea if they're winning or not. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, there might be a brawl down there on uh, frickin' the Diamond and uh, Comerica after last night's game. Anyways, uh, this is the Art of Relationships radio show here with Sebastian, a.k.a. Ab from Raw Radio X. 
How you doing? Do a plug for your show, please. Uh, it's Avenue and Friends uh, every Thursday at noon. That's high noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, it's a little bit of everything. It's your weekly therapy session, so make sure you tune in tomorrow. Hey, wait a minute. What the hell is this? No. We don't tackle the relationships at all. No, oh, no. Trust me. No, no, no. We leave that to you, sir. We leave that to the professionals. Oh, God. I don't know. That might be going out on a limb. Anyway, we're, it's, it's sort of, in a way, it's cool to see... Uh, Yes, last night and uh, actually uh, earlier today, I got a couple of requests to do, and which is cool, and I love uh, to talk about requests. I want them done, and I've done one of them months and months ago regarding domestic violence and abusive relationships, and it's sort of it's a difficult topic. I talked about this uh, a bunch, and. I see, unfortunately, uh, quite a few ladies that are in abusive relationships. It's sort of ironic because I had two clients that I see off and on, <clears throat> excuse me, they're in abusive relationships. I saw them today, and then I get the request, and it was just, wow, ironic. So I wanted to throw that into the mix. It was a suggestion um, that I do this, and I think it's very crucial. Another request was about... Boundaries, talking with ex-girlfriends, ex-husbands, wives, whatever, ex-partners, whatever you want to call them, what the boundaries are with those and what happens if you think your current husband, boyfriend, fiancé, girlfriend, whatever, is overstepping the boundaries, talking with the ex. Not only that, the kicker is, you know, we know you might have to talk with exes. I'm all about that, you know, if you have kids. What happens if you have no kids together? There's no mutual connection, or I should say there's no common interests or common themes going on with an ex, and you're, would you be cool with that, say, if your wife, girlfriend, you know, whatever, boyfriend, whatever you want to call them, is still talking, communicating with the ex, and there's no kids to talk about. So I want to get in on that development, too, and that one probably, in a way, should be a no-brainer, however... Um, I want to hit on that, and that was a special request um, today, or actually, I think yesterday. Sorry about that. So I want to hit on those avenues. So it might not be, I'm not going to joke around. I never, people know me, I'm a smart ass. Uh, I love joking around, but when it comes to abusive relationships, um, I don't joke around. I, I don't joke around about abuse relationships, child abuse, neglect, uh, definitely rape. I deal with this you know, on a weekly basis. And I joke around on the show a lot, and that's who I am. But I never joke around about those situations. Abusive relationships, you know, rape, child abuse. I deal with a lot of traumatic situations, dealing not only, you know, inside relationships, marriage dynamics, but also individual basis as well. The comment I want to kick on, like I said, oh, I almost forgot the phone number app. Like I, like I said, no, ma- no matter what the topic is of the show, you can please call in. I'm here to help you uh, work through your problems, relationship issues. You could be an individual. That's fine. Dealing with anxiety, stress. Maybe you're grieving the loss you know, of a loved one. Uh, maybe you're trying to help a friend of yours. Whatever. It doesn't matter what the topic of the show is. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to try to help you out. After all, that's what our uh, Relationships Radio Show is all about. You can call us live at 313-462-0107. Again, 
462-0107, and that's the call-in line at the studios here at rawradiox.com in the D. And, oh, I want to read something for you. This was actually the request, and I'm not going to, of course, give names or anything else. I want to be confidential and respect all that privacy from a professional and a personal level. <clears throat> so this came, was requested of the show, okay? So my cousin, okay, this is the person that's getting a hold of me. So I'm reading it as she is reading it or, you know, as she typed it, read it to me, however you want to call it, okay? So my cousin was just murdered by her boyfriend. He was jealous and abusive. It hit me very hard because I was in an abusive marriage. And towards the end, I truly felt like he could really hurt me, possibly even kill me. You never know how bad the situation is when you're in it. But I knew. I felt something different from him. I felt pure rage from him, and I got out. My cousin wasn't so lucky. I got chills reading this, and people know when I teach, they see this, because I really, I give a shit, and I, you know, I care. I can imagine. Um, that's all I can do is imagine. I've dealt with too many situations like this in the past, and currently, I, you know, and that's what I do. And that's when I know I stop getting chills about the situation, and I stop caring, uh, stop being passionate about this and trying to help people. Uh, I need to get out of this field, which I don't think will ever happen. But anyways, um, you know, I felt, you know, something different from him. I felt pure rage from him, and I got out. My cousin wasn't so lucky. She wasn't in the relationship very long, where I was married for 12 years. I knew him well, and therefore I recognized the change in his behavior. I knew he went from what I thought was minimally abusive, and I want to talk about this down the road. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, I thought was minimally abusive to violently possessive. In retrospect, I see how fucked up this, you know, this was from the start. But I was blind. I thought it was my fault, and that I deserved the treatment I got. It's the old frog in the boiling water scenario. I was smart enough to get out. Unfortunately, my cousin did not. So. How can we women know when we're the frog? When we're in the frog going into the boiling water was the analogy. I have another friend in a similar situation, and it pains me to see her go through it. Hell, I thought I was in it again not too long ago. We're so blind by our love, so fooled by hope. How do we know? Can you do a show on that? Can anything be done to help the woman who is trapped by her own senses of love and loyalty? And this individual, actually, the funeral for her cousin um, is tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. So this is, and I, uh, like I said, it's, most people know they listen to the show, they laugh, they joke around. Um, I love that, and I sort of do that to help people. But in situations like that, it there's no joking around. There's I'm very empathetic, very compassionate, and it I'm very like I said I'm very understanding, very empathetic, very passionate on one hand with the survivors of this situation, and I also get pissed because of the assholes that are doing the abuse. 
not only this, <clears throat> most situations, you know, everybody assumes it's the women. And I know, you know, Macomb County and Wink, they all have their, you know, turning point and all this, you know, women's uh, domestic violence. There are a lot of men, and people don't even realize that I see a lot of men individually and in relationships that are abused by their girlfriends. They're abused by their wives. I have witnessed um, the remin- remnants of that. I, I've witnessed, you know, where guys, their girlfriends, their wives have bit them. I'm talking not just teeth, I'm talking to the meat. Ooh. The, yeah, I'm talking to the meat on, you know, arms, chest, uh I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've seen the scars. I, I've seen, wow. I've seen it a couple of days after it's happened. Uh, so, uh, you know, right till the meet, and there's abuse of women out there too. And I've done domestic violence groups, you know, for men were the perpetrators, and also the women were the perpetrators. And there's, there's some mean sons of bitches out there. There are, and there um, are. I, I don't mean to, you know, laugh with this topic, but. <laughs> The situation I, I described, and I was, you know, sort of going back and forth on Facebook, private messaging with this individual that requested, you know, me to do the show. With domestic violence, I, I almost um, term it in a way, you're almost like addicted to love and you're so afraid to get out of that situation. And, you know, we talk, everybody, you know, hits on this. This is old adage, you know, about self-esteem, your self-worth is in the toilet, and you're allowing yourself to be in that situation. I understand it. I don't like it. And I try to help the women by being empathetic, compassionate. And not, I shouldn't say only women, uh, men too. You know, the situation, and men deal with the embarrassment. Oh, my God, I can't, I can't say anything to work, my yeah. buddies or anything. Yeah. Because, oh, my God, my wife has beat my ass and all this stuff. And we're taught never to hit a woman, never, you know, yeah. not to be violent. And here I'm getting the shit beat out of me, freaking cast iron frying pans, um, Frickin' uh, <laughs> fire, what do you call them? Fire pokers, whatever, for the fireplace. Um, like I said, bite marks, stabbed. Um, Frickin' glasses thrown at him. Frickin' crystal balls that weighed about three, four pounds, whipped at his head. I'm t- <laughs> I, I dealt with a bunch of shit. And this, uh, people don't realize that they just look at the women as the victims. They're not. A lot of men out there, too. So I want to hit this on all the gamuts. You know, both, this is going to cover men and women. And when I hit on, you know, I might say her, I might say him, you know, that's just how I am. It reflects on everybody, okay? And you look at situations in this analogy, how I put, it's almost like you're addicted to love. In a situation to where, you know what, oh my God, I love them, it's death do us part. Unfortunately, you might end up being killed like, you know, the individual's cousin in this situation. And we hear all the time about, you know, domestic violence, people getting killed, getting shot. Um, It's it's scary. I've I've dealt with the um, situations years ago where... Uh, the boyfriend, for whatever reason, you know, they got in a fight, whatever, and was dating somebody, sh- and he stabbed her. Shit, I want to. I think it was at least thirty-eight times, and then wow. they found her body, and there was gasoline, and he was gonna try, but he didn't get to that point. Got whatever, found, chased out. And how I know this, I was working with individuals and kids 
the mother were next door, and I was working with all trauma and situation, and they have to go through this. And then not only that, you know, the kids, the stupid cops, no offense to cops, they're talking about how they found the body, all this stuff, and the kids are right there. The next-door neighbor kids were right there hearing all this gory stuff, and the kids at the time, you know, they were, you know, what were they, like five, six, twelve, and, God, there was four kids. And I want to say like eight, whatever. So they're listening to not only the smell of the gasoline, and they're hearing the cops give gory details of the situation, domestic violence situation. So it's very scary, and it's nothing, you know, you hear on the news, you hear all this, and a lot of people don't understand. And the hard part is, when you get people in this situation, what pisses, it sort of pisses me off, in a way I understand it, though, too, is that they stay in these situations. You know, they go back, they get out of the situation, and... You know, they go back and it's like, damn, it gets to the point where you have to help yourself and you have to help, you know, think about not only if you have kids or don't have kids, you know, you need to think about the kids because the kids can be taken away. I'm going to be point blank, you know, CPS, and I'm not even going to get into my likes or dislikes about them, but CPS can take your kids. I've dealt, you know, uh, not too long ago was, you know, a client that she was in a in a marriage, abusive marriage, verbally, physically for 10 years. She never called the cops once. And the mother-in-law and all that stuff said, oh, you don't, you know, like a lot of people, you know, they enable this shit. Oh, you don't call on family members. That's your husband. You don't do that. And that's just the mother-in-law, whatever. So let's face it. She has no records that anything even happened, Right. Which I told her all this stuff going to court and all what was going to happen. Then she finally got out of the situation, which was fine. Then she goes into court and trying to say, you know, he's this, he's that. Where's your proof? It could be true, but there's no freaking proof from a legal standpoint. And I warned her. I said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I said, if it's the certain judge I know, and I'm not going to name any names. If it's a certain judge I know, she is going to ream your ass. And I'm going to tell you, she could threaten to take your kids away, right? Either, you know, she's going to look at, okay, where's your proof? Maybe this didn't happen or whatever. You were in that environment with the kids. Well, she came back after the court, distraught, whatever. Greg, oh, my God, I, she, you know, I didn't know. I thought, you know, you were just warning me, whatever. And the judge, female judge, reamed her ass. You were in that domestic violence situation for 10 years, and you didn't do shit about it. You didn't protect your kids. You didn't do anything. You know, not the kids were in harm. You were, but the kids are in danger emotionally by watching it being in that situation. She threatened, you know what? Maybe you're not fit to be the mother. And she, she was distraught and all this stuff. And I'm like, I told you. You know, it's not right or wrong. It's how, you know, there's a difference between human ethics and law. Don't even get me going there. Um, about those situations and how you... You know, handle situations. You got to protect yourself, and you got to protect your kids. And that goes for dads and boyfriends and all that stuff too. You need to do what's best for the kids. And the hardest thing about this situation, this is where the addiction comes in, or it's not an addiction. I say it as an analogy or as an example. You're addicted to love. 
And it comes into the situation where, you know, you have your heart and your gut instinct. And people you listen to my show for a while. I talk about this all the time. You know, you have your gut instinct saying one thing, your heart saying another, and I want to get them aligned. You know, one time, if you're addicted to love and you don't want to lose it, you always want to try and be supportive and all this stuff, and you're getting your ass beat or getting verbally chastised on a daily basis, your heart, oh, I can fix it, I can change it, I just got to love him or love her more, I have to be a better partner, and he wouldn't do this, she wouldn't do this. It might not be anything to do with you. It might have to be with them, that that abuser is either an asshole, maybe mess, you know, has some emotional, clinical emotional, um, why wouldn't they, right? A clinical emotional or, you know, mental instability issues going on. Yeah, of course, or why would you do that? But, now I lost my train of thought, Av. Oh, my God. I'm rambling all over the place. I got it back. Well, get it back. But, you know, you're in that situation, and the addiction element is, you know, you're, and they sit there, they plead. They might cry, oh, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Then it happens again. And that's where you get in a situation where you want to you believe that person. Right? You married them. You're living with them. Your boyfriend, girl. I get it. I understand the heartstrings and, you know, being loyal. And be, I teach that about being loyal to each other. However, I also teach you being loyal to yourself. And like I said, you know, numerous shows, I want you to give 100% to the relationship, but I want to, you to give 100% to yourself as an individual. And you look at why is it so, you know, why are you in that situation? And I talk about, I'm a huge pain-pleasure principle. And, you know, we talk about pain and pleasure, about S&M and bond. No, I, I'm talking about this situation where, you know, we tend to go in situations that are a lot less, maybe not a lot less painful, but we deal with situations that are, you know, less painful. We're going to pick what is less painful. And if there are two situations that suck ass, we are going to want Go into a situation that only sucks one ass, not full ass, and we're going to pick it. So in domestic violence, you know, you have the fear of, you know, maybe the fear, oh, I'm not that great of a partner. I don't, I shouldn't call the cops on him or her in a situation because my in-laws, my own parents are doing this. And, you know, or maybe I grew up in this environment and I, I need to break it. I need to help and fix that person. <clears throat> You know, if I just loved him a little harder, loved her a little more, oh, my God, it would stop. It might not have anything to do. And then you start enabling the situation because going with the pain and pleasure principle, you know, you're staying in that situation because it is maybe less painful to stay in that situation. And everybody's going to say, Greg, you're full of shit. I don't get it. You're Just listen to me. It's more pleasurable, eh, maybe not pleasurable, but less painful to stay in that situation than to get out because it's more painful if you can't afford to be on your own financially. You have nowhere to go, no friends, family, anyone to help you. Got it? Or maybe it's more painful for you to be alone than to be treated like shit. And, what's, and what I try to do is help Women and men in abusive situations is to flip that script around and say, you know, staying in that situation, enabling it, allowing it, you are allowing it. I'm, you know, you might not like it, but you're allowing it because you're still in that situation. Now, I try to flip that script around to where that situation, that environment is freaking 
too painful to stay in, no matter what else it is. Again, it's your life. I respect that. But I try to help you instill self-esteem, self-worth, and confidence again to where, you know, what is it inside of you that that you say you love them, but you're telling me you don't love yourself. And that is the big kicker with those situations that go on in those. Go ahead, Av. Well, yeah, I'm just going off the little bit of experience that I've seen uh, in, in, with dealing with things like that. And in, in many cases, there are women who just, they, their self-esteem is either that low or in even a way worse case, which is unfortunately has been verified by some of the women, uh, is that the sex was good enough. Yeah. And, and they were overall, aside from any abuse, they were treated well enough overall, I guess, yeah. to merit staying in that situation. That they discredit. Yeah. You know, oh, it's been great, but it's only been once or twice or three times. And, right. But we've had all these great times, and you're right. And a lot of these situations, I'm glad you brought up the sex situation. That is, and there's most of these situations I'm talking with, with the women, not, you know, the men, but with the women in these situations, they clinically, legally been raped in these abusive situations. Not all. I'm not going to say all of them. But a lot. They have been um, they've been raped. And everyone, oh, you can't be raped by your husband. Your boy, bullshit. Yes, you can. And that usually happens. And most of the situations with abuse that goes on, um, I want to say in my experience, and I know there's stats all over the place, but in my experience, most of the abuse I deal with, the abuse of the violent tendencies, I want to say probably 65-70% of the incidents occur with alcohol. And I like a few drinks. I'm not shy about that too. But it gets to a point where these individuals, men and women, they don't stop. And they get very explosive, emotionally explosive. Even in people that don't drink, um, at, they might not drink at all and they get violent. Uh, you know, I know couple people as a women that just explode and they they weren't drunk they weren't drinking i'm talking the bite marks and everything shit that's freaking crazy yeah but you look at the situation where you know alcohol is not involved but it's almost like a switch goes off no matter what it's like you can't talk to them you can't rationalize them they freaking go nuts they go berserk and they get this look in their eye like they're not even there it's really it's really weird unless you're in that situation. And if you've been in that situation, you know what the hell I'm talking about. It's like uh, it goes off and there's no talking. There's no rationalizing. There's no anything you can do. And, you know, you look at how do you protect yourself? You know, do you fight back? Do you, you know, kick the guy in the nuts? Do you punch the woman in the face that's trying to beat your ass? And then all of a sudden the situation it, it it sucks because what happens is you're trying to fight and get maybe self-defense and then you end up going to jail. It's, you know, you're trying to protect yourself and you end up, it, it's messed up and people lie. I didn't do that. I was trying to protect myself. And you're like, I'm trying to protect myself. And I'm going to be honest, domestic violence calls on cops are probably the worst thing that cops will go on. Because a lot of situations, like I said, the pain, pleasure, oh, I, I love my boyfriend, he beat my ass, I love him. And then the cops go to arrest him, whatever, and then the freaking girlfriend or wife jumps the cops. And, how don't arrest him, don't arrest him. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, so 
in that situation, I'm very empathetic with the police and the cops in those situations. They hate domestic violence situation because it's a dual danger. You're not, you know, the survivor or victim, supposedly, all of a sudden they could start attacking you. And it, it's a, it's, this is real, and it's a very delicate situation to go on. Now, the big question is, of course, and when I read at the very beginning of the show, the private message I got on Facebook that I read is, you know, how do you get out of these situations was one question. Not only that is, how do you recognize it before it happens? Now, that is the big trick. Now, how do you know? We all get angry, right? And I, I tell people all the time, it's a human and human emotion, right? I, you know, I my daughter saw me pissed off, angry twice, and I, I don't think I think maybe once it might have been at her. I don't even think so. Um, and she, it sort of <laughs> freaked her out because I, I don't get mad that easy. It takes a lot. I'm usually pretty calm, cool, and collected. Um, but. Everybody gets mad. It's okay. It's what you do when you get mad. So if you're mad, yell, scream, we all do it. I've done it. I'm guilty of it too. What is the difference between that and when it turns into violence, when it turns into abuse, when it turns into not only, you know, not only physical abuse, but the verbal abuse? Most of these physical abuse situations are also hit with either prior or congruent or I should say it happens at the basically the same time with verbal assaults um, one individual you know I, I've dealt with a bunch of women that you know the guy gets all pissed off and drunk and all this stuff tries to rip the dress off calls her a whore and a slut and all this stuff and you know he it that's part of one violent episode and the woman you know, doesn't do anything, isn't drunk, nothing like that. And it's like it's talking about very traumatizing. When you're in that situation, you feel like not only the person you trust, you love, now you feel like that person, it's a double whammy, you know, that you feel like, what the hell am I doing? Also, now I fear for my life that I'm going to get, he, he, he's, or she's going to kill me. Now you, you're, it's a huge whirlwind tornado of emotions that you're de- oh my god, I love him. What am I doing? Also, and also, I feel like he's gonna kill me or she's gonna freaking stab me in my sleep or whatever and kill me. And the situation is, you know, what do you do with that? And the, the question is, you know, can you do a show, you know, on that? That we're so blind by our love, so fooled by hope. I love that. You know, I don't like the situation, but I love how she put that. We're so blind by our love. Everybody's heard that, right? Love is blind and all that stuff. Um, I think our expectations in our fantasy land, so fooled by hope that I think the big issue now, can anything be done to help women who are trapped by her own sense of love and loyalty? And not only women, like I said, I want to hit on that with men as well. What does it take, you know, is it, and we're, we talked a little bit today in between clients. It was a busy day. So I was able to go, um, you know, in between clients and trying to chat and help her with a friend. And she's all this situation, what she went through. Then she goes, Greg, I don't want you, you know, a therapist, just give me advice. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> that's what, anyways, <laughs> same difference, right? No, <laughs> but you look at the situation 
you know, with men and women in all these situations, how do you recognize that it could be abusive situation? Right? Either everyone looks at signs, you know, the verbal yelling, screaming, name callings. I'm calling, you know, the C word with women, calling them a whore, slut. And it goes on, you no dick, motherfucker, you know, with the guys. You know, you don't know how to, you know, whatever, fuck me. You don't, you know, it gets very, very ugly, very criticizing and very belittling. And all of a sudden, when you're not, you know, you love this person, they're ripping you apart. You're like, oh, my God, maybe an impulse, and I'm not saying it's a right impulse whatsoever, is, oh, my God, I got to fix me, Right? You're you're not stepping back. Wait a minute. What the hell is this shit? You're sitting there. Oh, my God. I got to fix this. I got to do this. I got to be better. Oh, my God. Or after all, right, they wouldn't be saying this if it isn't true. And it's like that's where the point I bring up is I want to hit on that you love yourself 100% as well in that relationship where you don't get stuck thinking, you know what? What am I doing to deserve this shit? To get my ass beat, to get beat up, to get freaking black and blue marks and get cuts and scrapes and freaking pulled across the freaking gravel driveway. Um, I, I, these are real stories, people. I don't, I don't make this shit up that, you know, I have, you know, dealt with and, you know, see the fear in their bodies tremble in my office when they talk about this and working on, you know, the sensory memories and not, you know, that I'm going to save that for another show. Uh, you know, how do you work through the traumas with that, you know, with rape, um, maybe sexual assault, se- uh, sexual abuse or, you know, physical abuse too. And how, you know, I help people work through the traumas and maybe give you some insights. The situation is now, how do you prevent that? Everyone says there are so many signs, right? You know, if they grab you, if they're controlling, if they verbalize, you know, if they yell and scream at you, does that mean they're going to be physically abusive to you? No, it does not. Everybody assumes that, right? Everyone assumes if they yell, scream, whatever, carry on, that they're going to be physically abusive. That is not true, and that's where... The scary situation is there could be somebody that can be very calm, collected in a maybe a narcissistic, controlling way, and they just pop, and all of a sudden they might not yell and scream, and all of a sudden they might grab you, start hitting you, and there's no warning. But the warning signs is, like I said, you know, I, that analogy, you know, the frog in the boiling water. Ugh. It works, but that's sort of creepy, isn't it? Anyone want frog legs? Never been a fan. Um, oh, really? I, I, I prefer venison myself. You mean Bambi? Yeah. Bambi's Aww. delicious. Aww. Bambi tastes great. I don't I care. I don't I've care. had venice, <laughs> venison, pheasant, bunny rabbits, all that good, all that good stuff. But <laughs> going back on here, you know, how do you, what are some signs that you would see if a guy is abusive, right? You hear, and you hear stories about exes, right? Oh, boy. You know, you hear, don't go out with him. Don't go out with her. She's crazy. Whatever. You know, uh, and you blow it off, right? Oh, they're just jealous. They're mad because they broke up and all this stuff. Um, That happens, too. What tendencies do you see? And I hear, you know, people that they might not be abusive for a couple years. And here you're married, maybe have a kid, and all of a sudden they start becoming violent, start becoming more abusive, more whatever. And you don't know what's going on. And I tell people, you know, if there are no 
precursors, you know, no warning signs. You're wondering, you know, I don't excuse that I don't condone it. Not I'm telling you right now I don't whatever. And if a guy was ever abusive, boyfriend of my daughter, um, I probably shouldn't say this being professional, but I don't care. I'd probably kick his ass and kill him. Got it? Um, and people I teach, <laughs> when I teach class, I'm very politically incorrect and really I don't give a shit. I want to help people. But I would probably, I'd be, beat his ass and, you know, I'd be short depending how severe it was. I'd either want to beat his ass or probably take him out. And, you know, we need to look at the situation. Why are we in that environment? And sometimes it happens and it's an isolated incident. And, you know, it's a one-time incident. You end up dead and there's no warning. No one knew, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. That's scary. Um, These situations you look at, you know, if there's very volatile verbal abusive situations that have been going on for a while. You also look at, if you want to say predispositions to, you know, are they throwing things? That That's another big thing. You know, are they chucking things? Are they breaking things in the house? Are they threatening you, right? Those are the textbook, if you will, situations that come up. Not only textbook. A lot of people don't you know, look at it. You look at, you know, what what are they doing with their their temper how are they handling it do they cool off do they you know whatever go outside to cool off or is it you look at their eyes and there might be a switch that goes off and you try to reach them what's going on why are you mad what and they just like a zombie i don't know how else to put it you know robot zombie they shut right off and it, it's like nobody's home those are the scary situations and those are i have to be careful for a professional and i don't want to you know people that might have bipolar disorder or something else going on. Uh, I don't want to say everybody that has bipolar disorder is abusive. Not at all. Um, it's just when people get in those certain moods, they shut down. And there, there's nothing you can do to reach it. You see, um, they need treatment. You know, They need medication, all this stuff. But my situation is, do you want to stay in that environment? And that is a big, yeah, big gulp for me you know are you gonna want to be in that situation why that person gets help or do you want to be isolated and safe and then have that person get help and then if you want to rebuild the relationship or try to again that's not my decision to make that is up to that individual client i try to you know i i don't sugarcoat anything um passionate understanding but i'm also very blunt and i want to you know this could happen but you need to build what are the safeguards in place if you do want to work in this situation you know maybe they only got violent with i say only (laughs) um they got violent abuse of when they're drinking when they're you know they drink too much now maybe the alcohol has to go bye-bye big time right um, no more drinking, whatever. If you do, then we're done or whatever. You have to set boundaries for yourself and love yourself. And also, especially if you have kids, you need to protect those kids. Because I'm telling you, they could be taken away by the legal system if you don't protect those kids and you're in an abusive situation. Uh, usually, if there is a domestic violence, say, you know, one of them got busted for domestic violence, whatever, depending on the situation... With a couple, 
I usually want them separated. If I'm going to work with them, I, I want them typically separated depending on what goes on. Because what happens, one per oh, I forgive you, and they enable, and they don't look at the severity and maybe the trauma that goes along with the situation. They belittle it. They water it down. Oh, it wasn't bad. It's just I sort of caused this. The enabling, the bullshit you commonly hear in that theme with domestic violence and abusive relationships. You know, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. So you're saying if you, he hit you because you did this or she tried stabbing you because you did that. Are you freaking nuts? Um, And I might (laughs) in a way say that um, with clients and everything. But you're looking at the situation as I don't want a domestic violence situation where you are leave my office, everything seems fine, and you say something in my office that pisses one of you off, and the violence starts happening in the parking lot, starts happening at home, that fires and triggers that. That's where I want you guys safe in the situation. It's been years and years and years, you know, where I've had couples um, fighting, oh my God, freaking fist fighting. Um, I've had, it's been a long time, and it's rare, a couple times where knives been pulled out, um, I've dealt with some pretty cool shit <laughs> and that yeah, cool shit. It's not, you know, so I want the volatility to be minimized and try to reduce those situations. So I don't want that. And that's where I don't want someone getting hurt or getting killed. Um, you need to look at all these, you know, is there constant verbal aggression? Is it just alcohol? You know, the throwing things, they're, they're huge. And why don't we take a break, Av? And we'll come back, and I want to give you some maybe insights that you can differentiate from your heart and, like you said, addicted to love, mm-hmm. and maybe what your gut instinct is coming out to, you know, maybe you need to pay attention more to your gut and warning signs Ooh. instead of, you know, oh, dismissing it or ignoring it or, you know what, I'm going to help him, and he, you know I, what, he's going to love me so much, he won't have these issues, I, I or she you, won't have these issues. I can tell you one thing, there are a lot of us, and, and, and men go through that too, Absolutely, we tend to ignore those, those warning signs. I tell you one thing, I have a great track record of not ignoring my signs, I always pay attention to them. And you need to. They have guided me out of so many situations that I've looked at in the rear view, like, Wow, I dodged a big bullet there. Yeah. Multiple times. Then you see another guy, whatever she's with, whatever, and you're like, the guy's like, oh, and you're like, oh, God, thank God. <laughs> but I, I kind of feel I'm sorry because I'm, I'm almost like, I see the train wreck that's coming and I can't really do anything about it. No, sorry, there's, there, you're right. The only thing you can do is CYA, cover your ass, and protect yourself and do what's best for and, you. And pop some popcorn because it's going to be pretty entertaining from a distance. Well, it might be, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. And that's where I don't want people to get hurt. Yeah. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. Thank you so much. Write this number down. Uh, we'll be back after the break. It's 313-462-0107, rawradiox.com. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. Be back in a few. Definite silence 
You're almost exactly what I need A definite maybe It's sure to entice my curiosity I can't help but think that this doesn't I'm trying to separate the facts from all the We're living in a world of contradictions And if baby you're the truth Then I'm lying next to you And you're the desert sand I'll be your water And you're the perfect plan I never thought of Chasing after you Ooh, You're the sweetest dream My incredible Ooh, Yeah, the stars so bright Your eyes, the light is I can't help but stare At you So soft, your lips The wind blows in my hair Yeah Come closer, let me whisper In your ear What will be, will be Every chance you give to me You will see yeah, yeah. You're the desert sand I'll be your water And you're the perfect plan I never thought of I don't wanna do this on my own And you shouldn't have to be alone I would rather be alone together With we alone Listening to rawradiox.com. Real Raw Radio. Hey, you. Yeah, you. What are you doing? You know what you should be doing right now? You should log on to rawradiox.com. And for those of you on the go, just check out, tune in, and search Raw Radio X. 
It's that easy. RawRadioX.com, the hottest music around, locally and abroad. It's what we do. It's RawRadioX.com, real raw radio. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook.
Hey everybody, this is Greg Dzinski, Licensed Professional Counselor, Relationship and Sex Specialist here. And this is the Art of Relationships Radio Show, coming live from the Detroit studios of RawRadioX.com. Make sure you check out the website, of course, it's RawRadioX.com. Check them out, there's a bunch of cool shows going on uh, all throughout the week. And, of course, this one, too, on Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Make sure you check out my buddy Av Sebastian's show, Avenue and Friends. Actually, tomorrow, Thursday, from noon until, what, 2, Av? Yeah, that's right, noon to 2. Sweet. Make sure to check them out. There's a lot of, a lot of awesome talent down here in Detroit and at the Raw Radio X Studios, too. A lot of talent. Um, so check them out, too. Talking about a very disheartening topic i don't know how else to say it very traumatic very disheartening and it's definitely not a topic to joke around about about abusive situations and um throughout the, the whole show basically i've been talking about um situations you know clients have been in and what to do and the precursor about the situation how do you differentiate between a guy that is an abuser or is not, or even a woman. I, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, a lot of people don't realize there are a lot of abusive women out there too, not just men. And people, they're going to say, oh, yeah, Greg, you're full of shit, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. And I've been, I've witnessed it. I've been in a situation um, where, you know, with clients, and I, I've seen it happen in personal life. Um, there are some mean women out there that are abusive, very explosive, uh, emotionally impulsive, if you will, or even physically impulsive uh, from both genders. Now, the big kicker is how do you differentiate between an abusive person and one that isn't? Like I, I mentioned you know, at the beginning of, or earlier in the show about you know, if it's one of those situations, you're with somebody and... You know, it, you're with them five, ten years, and all of a sudden, you know, no signs. All of a sudden, they blow up and start hitting you or verbally bashing you, and you're looking at what, where the hell did this come from? Those situations might be isolated. Again, I don't condone them. I don't excuse them. We have to know what the hell is going on. You know, is there a lot of stress buildup? Or some people, you know, it could be, a, again, I don't condone, I don't excuse it. You need to get it fixed. It could be the onset of blood pressure situations, high blood pressure. So you need to get the medical aspects taken care of. You know, diabetes onset, blood pressure tends to be huge. Um, Testosterone levels usually drop as age, so I don't really see that too much of an issue. But I see other aspects. There could be, I don't want to scare anybody, there could be a brain tumor going on. Um, You know, I want you to get thyroid issues can cause these problems too. You know, if it's an isolated issue or you start seeing, you know, you've been around this person for a long time, years and years, and all of a sudden you start seeing them, I want you to get the medical aspect checked out. I want your ass safe. I'm not saying you put up with it, tolerate, oh, it's it's not his fault, not her fault because she has this going on. You need to be safe and you need to keep your kids safe, period, right, until that situation is remedied. You might be able to be emotionally supportive, excuse me, you know, but be emotionally supportive from a distance, a safe distance, and be safe. You don't want to play with your life. Now, those are isolated incidences. Now, the precursor, if you have someone 
that is um, abusive and you're looking at, typically this is the issue where I want you to start looking at the um factors. <laughs> the um factors, you know, are they, you know, how do they talk to other people? Do you see them or her when they get mad? Do you see them, you know, throw a temper tantrum? You know, these are all precursors. Not that, again, not that they guarantee they're abusive, but these are some things to look at in the old CC Music Factory, things that go, hmm, <laughs> That go on, and people are saying, "Who the hell's that, Greg?" Uh, it wasn't. I'm not that old. I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw him live uh, at Pine Knob with Salt and Pepper. Oh, okay. You just gave away your age. Yeah, I know. By saying Pine, Pine Knob, Knob <laughs> right? The old, now it's DTE, right? But I saw him live uh, with Salt and Pepper and uh, CC Music Factory, and uh, oh my god. Uh, talking a long time ago. Anyways, things that go, hmm, you know, are they, the way they talk to their friends, maybe they, the way they're talked to other people, when they get mad, are they always explosive when they're always talking about, you know, coming home from work or whatever? Hey, uh, this, I want, you know, not that you're going to do anything, but are they, you know, sort of making threats? Are they making, and you're just blowing them all, they're just mad, whatever. I want you to pay attention to what the hell is going on and you might want to be loved so much and it's weird because everybody assumes in abusive situations that the women or the guys are doormats they're weak they're this they're that i've dealt with numerous situations where the the individuals were highly successful business people i don't know you know business owners or whatever in the medical community you know, highly educated, intelligent, not just book smart. And I, you know, if you're just book smart, I don't have a lot of respect. <laughs> uh, you need to relate to everybody else. But anyways, you know, they're educated. They're highly intelligent people that got going on. And they're, they're confident and they're in abusive situations. And that's what I said about the addictive. You're addicted maybe to that love. And, but underneath all that shit, you know, are you really confident or are you just putting on a front? And, you know, you might be confident and have this all going on, but deep down, the core issue is you want to be loved so bad, you are going to do anything to maintain it. You're going to do anything to survive and make that work. And it might cost you your life. Okay? So... Other things you look at, you know, the explosiveness. Are they, you know, the way they talk, the way they handle anger, the way they handle disappointment. Look at all those aspects. Do Another aspect, do they get pissed off, angry, and do they start blaming everybody else? Mm. Do they take responsibility for you? That hit a nerve with you, huh, I have? Yeah, a little bit just because I know so many people who will do that and they – they know that they are the problem and they're going to, they're going to take it all out on everyone else. Like, no, you're the problem. Like, but, but no, this, this started with you. <laughs> so, what do you mean? How, how did this become my, my fault? What did I do? Uh, and that's, you know, you, it sounds ironic or sounds crazy. A lot of people don't realize that when, you know, when I say the enabling, um, you know, oh, my God, it's my fault. And uh, I wouldn't have hit you if you didn't have my dinner a minute, two minutes late on the table. It's not my fault you pissed me off. And it's like, what? And I'm talking about these people. I've heard it. You know, if I wouldn't have done this, if I wouldn't have provoked this, if I wouldn't have. Do you have a right to stick up for yourself and for you to speak your mind? Whatever. 
well, I need to be careful. How, and I'm like, what? You try to justify it and enable it. But any, uh, anyways, we already talked about all that shit. <laughs> now, precursors, you know, are they very emotionally volatile, explosive? Like, I already, t- you know, sound like I'm repeating myself. You know, do they throw things? Do they break things? These are all, th- oh, you know, oh, he just, or she just broke the table, just broke a chair. You know, he didn't hit me. She didn't hit me, whatever. These situations are precursors to what could happen down the road. There's no guarantee they will. But I'm telling you, you need to do a gut check. I'm wondering, what the hell am I getting into, right? Oh, I'm okay as long as he or she don't hit me or try to throw things at me. That's fine. These are all precursors that usually, if that doesn't happen, what the hell else is going to kick in you know what do they are they do you see them being abusive you know the old adage you know do a dog a dog a cat do they beat the dog do they beat the cat oh it's just a dog it's just a cat it's you know oh they would never do it to you and you're like what the f-? you need to do a gut check and look at and don't belittle don't sort of water down what the hell the situation is. Look at it and do that. Uh, uh, hmm. And maybe if you hear other people talking about it, you need to pay attention. The problem is, if you want to say the addicted to love aspect that you want to do, you have to look at, you know, you're going to do everything to maintain that love. What the fuck are they doing? How forceful was that? What the fuck are they doing to deserve your love and to show you that you're worthy of their love. And you're worthy of their love. What the hell are they doing to show you they deserve your love? And to feel safe, to feel emotionally safe. We all get pissed off. That's relationships. We get upset. We get mad. We might yell. We might scream. You know, once in a while. But when you're talking about when it gets to be a chronic situation... On a regular basis where they're calling you every name in the book to belittle you, to control you, to make you feel like shit. That is emotional abuse and verbal abuse. So you have two dynamics, you know, the physical and the emotional. I'm not saying you shouldn't tolerate either one, period, okay? And you need to look at, you know, how are they talking to other people? And you pay attention. Maybe if you have good friends... And let's face it, we all listen to our friends and family. Oh, my God, there's something about that person we just don't jive with. And you're looking at them like, oh, you don't know that person like I did. Oh, they love me. You don't know all the good. And you're, and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, damn. And we're talking, I think, about during the break about Deja. Oh, and actually, we were on the air when you were talking about glad I'm not in that situation. Oh, about yeah. the popcorn. Yeah. You're sitting back and, oh, my God, were they paying attention? And we try to justify Do we, can we step back? That doesn't mean we might not like them or like that person, but can we step back emotionally and look at, you know what, this just, why do I deserve to be in this? Do I want to handle this? Do I want to be in this situation? So you need to look at these aspects. And, you know, I I tell people all the time, even when I do, you know, people come in with dating advice or premarital counseling, um, you know, situations, going through divorce. Greg, how do I, you know, I went through a divorce, and I think I'm healed with all that, and I want to get back out and then dating. I'm scared. I'm this. I'm that. You know, trying to help them. And you need to look at, you know, not being arrogant, but you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be treated with respect. And you have to look at yourself. 
And why are you allowing yourself in those situations? Why are you allowing it to maybe happen once, twice, three? I'm talking, you know, 10 times. I'm talking over years. It's not just one time. And what are they doing in place to earn that trust back other than just say, oh, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. You need to be something in place that they are getting help, they are getting whatever, um, the situation that just sorry isn't going to cut it. And they can, you know, they can be very manipulative, very cunning, very, and they might mean it. They just, they might be very sorry. They might be very, you know, empathetic, very remorseful. However, that could be genuine. That's great. That's fine. That's terrific. That needs to be there. However, what happens if they can't control their anger? Oh, they were remorseful. They were, you know, sorry. They really meant it. They, they cried and they were so felt bad. Uh, well, what the hell is going to happen when they get pissed off again? Can they control that? Can they, the impulsivity, do they need help? Do they need, you know, my suggestion is they need freaking, they need to get help before you even trust or begin to trust that aspect. They got to earn that back. And if they say, oh, I've been better for the last two weeks, whatever, I haven't been mad, whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, I love you, I love you, we're all fine. You know what? You're in deep shit. Maybe it won't happen again. My odds are, you know what, it's going to happen. A lot of times, situations, I, you know, I deal with this a lot, too, where I hear isolated incident. oh, you know what, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, I've never been this way before. I've never been this angry. I've never thrown stuff i never whatever and i'm like huh hmm and you just start dating them for how long or been married a couple months and and you're like all, all of a sudden out of the blue something just don't jive something tells me you know what there's more of a history there than what's going what they're leading you on to be and you have to look at it and you start talking to us and you hear things from their family from their brother from their sister you know what? They've always had an anger issue. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> then you look at the situation. Are you going to stay in it? and Or are you going to famoose and get the hell out? And that's the tough decision. You know, when do you know when to call it quits? And there are, there. I'm going to be honest with you. There's no right way. There's no, you're going to have some people get the hell out right away. You need to have safeguards in place. And I tell people, you need to do, you know, listen to your gut. And you have to do what you feel is best for you that's going to keep you safe. Because what happens if also one time, it could be a year from now, all of a sudden they haven't drank or whatever, and all of a sudden they get drunk again and they get violent. Now this time, you end up dead. Now, if you have kids involved, they're without mom, they're without dad. And mom or dad, whoever killed you or whatever, they're in prison. Huh. There's no regret going back to that, is there? Right. How do you, how do you, you you can't go back and say, oh, you know what? Oh, that was a bad decision. (laughs) Um, You're right. There's no, we all have regrets. I don't want people to live with life-altering regrets. We all have life-altering regrets. But we go, I'm talking where it ends your life. It could maim you, paralyze you. Um, that's going to traumatize you for a long time. Okay? 
Now, um, so look at those precursors, and you need to do a gut check. You know, if I'm so addicted to love, I believe me, I love love. I love, you know, I want everyone to be in love and healthy and happy and maintain their sense of self. But you have to look at what am I doing to maintain my sense of self, and do I love myself enough to, you know, <laughs> we're joking around with a a client today talking about the schematics and after the session she ended up texting me too we're talking uh talking about do you demand respect or do you command it <laughs> and we it was sort of funny and stuff and after session a half hour later i get a text from this individual and it was uh she googled it <laughs> about command versus command demand and i freaking laughed my ass off it was funny um do you command respect you know or do you demand it from yourself and that you're not going to get treated and you're not going to tolerate it. Now, are you going to act on those words or are you just going to bullshit yourself? I will not tolerate this. I will not tolerate that. And you're like, well, I'll tolerate a little bit of it. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good enough. That's no. that. That's not good to you. You're doing yourself a severe disservice. Absolutely. And I, I tell situations I, about kids you know, and I talk about all the time, you know, would you want a relationship for your kids that you have currently now? And it's not what you say, it's what you do. And some kids will say, oh, I'm not going to be in that situation. I agree. But then they might be paranoid about getting in a relationship that could be very healthy, very loving, and a great relationship. And they're fearful because they don't want to get in that situation because this might happen, that might happen. Um, you need to, you need to think rationally. And if you have a hard time, you know, see somebody, see a counselor, see me, um, you know, see somebody to get help and try to work through those situations. You want someone, you know, that's very, I have a questionnaire on my website at theartofrelationships.org about questions to ask and everything about another therapist. You know, if you're out of my area and I do Skype, I, you know, telephone sessions, as well as in person. And you look at the situation. I tell them, you want someone that's going to fit you, that gets you, that jives you. But also, you want someone that's not going to be biased and judgmental and automatic. You need to get the hell out. You need to do. They don't live your life, you know. They, you, need to, you need to ask questions. And if you feel very judged, very biased, um, you know, it's more about them and they're telling you what to do. You need to get the fuck away from them, okay? I yeah. can't. I can't be any stronger. And I, I, you know, I've done a lot of clients um, over the years, and I've heard the story. I've saw someone, and they were like this, and I couldn't go back. And then I called you, Greg, or I, I thought everybody would be like that. And then I, you know, waited a couple years, and then I called, and I found out it is, and it's cool. They, it's got to be about you. And there's a lot of good professionals out there, but there's some messed up, whacked out. Um, unhealthy situations anyways um i'm going to transition now and to another topic that was a request and i promise i would get to it and i don't know if this was a slam not on me but on the situation and now i gotta go what the hell i did with it oops sorry people <laughs> i know what it is i talked about it at the beginning of the show now i lost my track it is about x's that I know. Okay. 
Now, do you set boundaries? If you were in uh, a relationship, it could be maybe a new, let's face it, it could be a new, newly formed relationship. It could be going on for a month, two months, um, and you're thinking, this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And it happens. I, I you know, know people that have been married three weeks, or married three weeks, been together for three weeks, and they got married. And they've been married 55-plus years, and they're happy, and they still look at each other. Yeah, they have ups and downs and everything else, but they still they look at each other, and you still see the love and admiration. It's so cool. And I'm like, damn, I'm jealous. No, <laughs> And, you know, it does happen. So as I said, you know, it could be a month, two months, three months, whatever, anyways. And the situation is you find out that they're, you're sort of doing that um home moment. Why are they always talking to their ex? Why are they always texting their ex or trying to hide it because they know I'm going to be pissed or uneasy about it? So... Why are they always contacting the ex? And it could be, um, oh, you know, we're talking about the kids, what we're doing for, you know, like now, graduation times. Parents are divorced, right? Oh, are we doing this? Are we doing that for, you know, having a mutual graduation party or separate or, you know, whatever. You know, we're trying to organize a birthday. We're trying, you know, that happens. But when you start talking every freaking day or texting every day, uh, and it's going on for a long time. It's like, why the hell did you guys get divorced? Why did you break up? And would you put up with that, Av? I no, I couldn't. I just for well for me just because I've just seen so much and I've gone through so much. I'm in a position where look, I know not there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. No, that's fine. Absolutely. You know, way too grown to understand that, but. For the most part, I know that if there there's no abuse, there's no ill will, you know, purposely being done, there's no, uh, there's definitely no physical <laughs> violence on my end happening. Right. Uh, right. I mean, no, I, I don't have time for the BS. I agree. I, I feel the same way. You wonder, you know, are they an ex for a reason or, you know... The insecurity. Oh, we're just friends. Whatever. Yeah, I love that. You're yeah. Yeah. And the situation is: Do they still have? What is the connection? Why are they? Maybe they're not over that. Or remember the show we did about: Do you still have a plan B? I think yes. we did it last week, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Um, about a plan B, and you. Oh, if it don't work, are they? Are they? I can't even talk. <laughs> are they going back to that? Are they, you know, why are they talking to them? And the thing is, you know, about the kid situation, they have a kid, all that issue. I get that. And you talk and, you know, mutual thing. But is there a reason to talk every freaking day, seven days a week? Absolutely not. That is being disrespectful to your current boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever. That's being disrespectful. And you're building insecurity and lack of trust right from the get-go because that tells me, you know, or not just me, it tells that person that, you know what, you're more loyal to your ex than you are to me. And that's a problem. That is a huge, huge, and I get the welfare of the kids, I get that. But it comes down to the situation where, you know what, I am not putting up with that shit. And not only that, the situation was addressed to me was not only that, what happens if you, your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, your ex 
and your new boyfriend, partner, girlfriend, whatever, they don't have kids together. And they're talking. Uh-uh. If there's, if there, there's <laughs> nothing, How would you handle that? There's then? nothing that literally ties you together. Like, I, even in that case, I'd understand, okay, you guys got a, a kid together. There's right. going to Absolutely. be some type of communication. Absolutely. There needs to be for the sake of your child. There should be some type of communication. Correct. So I'm, I'm, that's fine. But you're still cool with your ex. And you know what? I'm not going to, you know, I can't even go too far on that one because there are a few exes that I'm still friends with. We're still cordial. It's Correct. Still nothing going on at but all. Would, like that, that. would that change if you got into a new relationship, say, in the next week or two? I mean, again, it depends on, well, uh, <laughs> okay, let's put, let's put out a, hypotha- a, a, a hypothesis. hypothesis. Yeah, there let's you go. Do, let's do that right now. Get your 143 IQ going. Here's a theory for you, uh, and we'll just do this like this. Let's say that I were to enter into a relationship next week, uh, and she's still friends with her ex. Um, uh, part of this is me cheating because I know that, they didn't end on a good note, so I wouldn't have much to worry about. Okay. But, no, in theory, uh, it depends on, I guess, where they stood at the time of, you know, the breakup, what was initiated. I, I kind of would need to know some details. If things ended, you know, if they were both kind of amicable. And, and there's yeah. no, no kids involved. No kids involved. They still, you know, it was an amicable uh, breakup. Everything was, you know, decent, wasn't ugly. But y'all still cool? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, how I'm, would you handle that? I, I don't know. Now, I mean, Ab, you said you have access that are friends too. Let's switch yeah, this around. Switch this around with you, and you still want to talk to those exes and say your newfound love in the next week or two um, has an issue with that. I've been in that situation. Before. Now, how are you going to handle I, that? Honestly, just to keep the peace in my relationship for me, I did cut ties with. The exes. And they should be understanding. Well, they, they might be they mad or upset, but they, they should upset. be understand. They were upset, but I'm like, well, look, I mean, it, what we, I mean, it, what was done was done. Uh, and it, even though we didn't break up on bad terms, it's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm in this situation right now. And I just out of respect for my relationship, mm-hmm. my woman, you know. My woman. Look, I love this is, it is what <laughs> it is. My woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole nother show topic. <laughs> My woman, my old lady, my old man. <laughs> um, now, would you? You were saying you would dismiss the exes, not talk to yes. them. Yes, I, I have. Or would before. you do? I it, have before. Or would you do it secretly? Ooh. No, I I dismiss them. Uh, I no, there was no secrets to be. I'm, I don't have time for that. No, I don't. Uh, I don't no. play games either. But no. I hear you know they're still talking on Facebook. You see them. They're still friends on Facebook. No, I had to. I had to block all mine from Facebook. And my yeah. <laughs> My, yeah, my and my uh, yeah, because you don't want shit. They're talking exactly. me. <laughs> that's yep. a that's what I said when uh, your current gets together with your ex, man. You're in deep shit. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that last week. Oh yeah, and you know with the situation going to, you know the exes. Why are you still talking to them? That builds distrust for one thing, especially if there's no common denominator. There's and I hate math, so I don't know why I'm using that analogy. Um, you know, that common theme, there's no common thread holding you guys together. There's no kid. Now, the situation, you know, if you have, and I know situations living together, you break up, you might have alone together. 
and you're agreeing to share that, you know, that's what you should do. You know, you, I don't, I'm not, you shouldn't screw each other over, whatever, financially, whatever. If you agree in terms on that and you break up, whatever, you need to honor that. That I understand, but that still does not mean you talk freaking all the time. You just make sure the payments are made, you, whatever. You don't even have to talk to each other. You know, you need to set boundaries and... That tells me if there's no kids involved, why are you talking to that ex? And I tell people all the time, usually that person needs to go bye-bye. No Facebook, no whatever, texting. No, There's no reason for it. And other than, ooh, is something else, is there some emotional hook still there? Hmm. That's the only reason I have to look for. And I, I get friends. I'm all about being cordial and all this stuff. Or are you a doormat and you don't want to come across as a bitch, mean, a jerk, or whatever. And that tells me I understand that and it's hard. But that tells me you have no boundaries and you don't stand for much. You don't stand for anything. That means you're going to, instead of hurting this person... You'd rather hurt our relationship, and you're trying to make everybody happy. We all know that's impossible. I get it. I understand that. However, you need to set boundaries, and that tells me if you're not standing on those boundaries, taking a stance, and put me maybe first. If you have kids, I get you. Forget that. Um, you know, you're not making me feel important, and especially, it's like. You're sharing time with an ex versus me? Adios, baby cakes. You are out of there. Princess Foo, you just woke up, man. What's up? Hey. Or were you just, um, let's say, were you taking care of business? <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? Uh, oh, that was Monday night. <laughs> Ab wasn't here. They, matter of fact, uh, Princess Fu and Rhonda asked uh, Monday night where you were at. Half. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, where was I at Monday? That's a great question. I, I said I don't do my show from uh, RawRadioX.com in Detroit on Monday from my office, so I don't a, know where Ab was. I, I, I and I try to uh, come on Monday, but uh, I think this no, past Monday was a pretty difficult. It was an odd day. Oh, don't. I told you, Ab's got his own life, man. He needs to do that. <laughs> no, I was at my work birthday. Oh, that's right. You did mention that on Monday, Foo. I think you did mention it. Hopefully you had a good time. Hopefully no uh, workplace drama. We all know that, right? So hopefully um, everything went smooth. You had a good time. We're probably not going to be on too much longer, to be honest with you, Foo. So I appreciate you jumping in and... Um, you know, we talked about, you know, rehash about domestic violence, abusive situation that men and women are in. And we're talking about, you know, exes that, you know, why do you still talk to an ex? You know, if you have kids, I get that. But you're talking to them every day like they're your best friend. That needs to stop. And you need to set boundaries, cement boundaries. Well, if they don't, and I hear this all the time, well, if you don't respect you know, we're friends, and that's it. There's nothing there, whatever. You know, and if, you know, you have an issue with it, that's your issue. I'm not cheating. I'm not doing anything. You know what? You're right. It is my issue. Peace out. <laughs> you know, peace out. When you get defensive and you're sticking up for your ex 
and you're trying to maintain that, that tells me where your priorities are. That tells me where your emotional alliance is. And that's going to tell me, you know what, peace out. Get the hell out of there. You know what, I, I don't need this shit. And, you know, I'm talking, I'm sounding more from a personal man. I'm talking, you know, from a personal matter. If you're in that situation and you're dealing with your, you know, your lover, partner, whatever, that's always dealing with the ex and there's no reason to it, you do what the hell you want to do. <laughs> you know, if you want to put up with it and deal with it and you're okay with it, I, I'm not, that's fine. You're okay. I'm not saying that's wrong. Not at all. It's your life, right? You live it how you want to live it. I'm here to try to help make it a lot happier. Uh, life sucks as it is. It's hard as it is. I'm trying to make it happier, healthier for you where you feel better about yourself, your relationship. And having someone else, especially an ex involved, um, talking and like your best friends and they, your partner is more aligned. They not really care or empathetic or really understand where you're coming from. Or maybe that tells me maybe they don't give a shit and they don't care. So you need to set boundaries for yourself. And you know what? Maybe you need to look at, but what happens? Greg, but the sex is phenomenal. Oh my God. I've talked about that. <laughs> you know, the sex is phenomenal and I, yeah, whatever. But you know, I, I love doing this. I love being devil's advocate and I love, uh, freaking putting this out there and i think ab's smart enough to know where i'm going with this yeah. what happens if that sex is god it's phenomenal and but they're thinking of banging the x while they're banging you oh <laughs> oh you didn't think i was gonna go there Ab? i didn't oh. wow. <laughs> you think about that yeah i'm gonna put everybody that's having are you thinking about your ex now you are know what? better than i am i'll say this and i'll actually say this from a surprising uh, standpoint. I would like to yes. apologize to a few guys out there who have dated women uh, after oh. I dated them. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, and you know what? I can't even joke because on more than one occasion, there have been some of those exes that said, you know, i got to tell you a secret. Uh, okay, cool. What's up? Uh, yeah, a few times I definitely was thinking about you while I was having sex with them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. I mean, thank you, but whoa. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you. Um, it's, yeah, in that situation, you know, I don't want to throw it up there, but you're wondering, well, yeah, when you stick up for someone who was abusive, you need, it, yeah, it's, I agree, Foo, and I mentioned that big time, and uh, I know you just, you know, caught the show towards the end here, and, uh, yeah, I absolutely, you enable, and you need to look at what the hell is going on. Now, um, oh, I did. Uh, you lost me, Foo. I, I don't know if you're talking about, you know, I did not. Now you were going to go there. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely, Foo. I had to because not only this, you're wondering. <laughs> I'm throwing it out there because most people, they might not want to admit it, but you're wondering, are they thinking of this? Are they thinking of their ex? Are they, you know, what sex? All these insecurities might not be there if you weren't talking constantly to an ex especially if you have no damn kids no ties together why are you doing it oh we're just friends we're just whatever you know what you need to you guys banged each other you guys had sex together yee that needs to unless you're in the threesomes and you want to invite the ex into it 
Would you be okay with that, Av? <laughs> Av's thinking, damn, maybe it would. Right, me... Threesome, she wants to invite the ex. Okay, question. Is she bisexual? <laughs> are you hoping that? Did she recently convert into a lesbian? No, yeah, yeah, are you hoping that? Yeah. If that's the case, then I may be slightly right. more open-minded toward the whole No, no. I, I tell people, I've gotten uh, offered, I think, five times. Jeez. Threesomes. And I've turned them all down. I've been offered those, but they were all they didn't work in my favor. No, I mean they, you got thrown off to the side. Let, and let's put it like this: I was I was living in D.C. at the time. Oh yeah, well yeah, uh-huh. anything goes there. No, I yeah. I'm sure I got offered five times, um, maybe more. I'll say five times and uh, long term relationship with a couple, and I turned them down. I just I'm a one on one, one woman man. Um, <laughs> probably because I wouldn't be able to freaking handle two at the time. No, but I just, I'm one, one on one. But anyways, get back on the topic is, you know, that X needs to go bye-bye. And if you're in that situation and you complain about it and complain to your partner that you don't like it, whatever, and they're still doing it and you still are in that situation, where's your self-respect and why are you putting up with it? And now we're going into, you know, it might not be the abuse situation, you know, like we did on the first part of the show, but that tells me that you're disrespecting, but it's great to, of course, foo, (laughs) but it's great to fantasize about the threesome. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, I got to do this. And that is just too much work. No, (laughs) but um, that tells me, you know, why are you tolerating it? And if you don't like that, you're not standing for yourself. You're not taking enough um, energy and applying it to your own self-worth and your self-being and maybe self-respect. That, it's not maybe. It's definite self-respect that you are and that person doesn't really care what you're doing that it hurts you. And we all do, you know, oh, you're going out with friends and I don't want you. I'm not talking being a doormat or being so freaking emotionally enmeshed with each other that you don't want them doing anything or having your their own separate life or hobbies outside of you. That's not healthy. I'm talking about, you know, with the ex situation, you know, the self-respect and tells me why are you in that situation, right? By just like my honey, that's all I need. Aww, that's good for you. Awesome, foo. No, that's good. And I'm sure he uh, he feels the same about you, too. That's, that's how it should be. And that's how I agree. And that's how it should be. And I'm glad you guys are awesome together. You look at the situation where, um, you know, why am I, why are they talking to the ex? You know, they have kids. Like, like I said, you know, I'm going around in circles. But, you know, especially no kids involved, you need the adios. You know, why? what the hell is going on? Why are they emotionally tied? And there's, I'm talking from a professional level and a personal level is, you know, that shows a lack of respect for you and you need to do something about it. Not only speak it, you know, and if they continue to do it and if you find out they're hiding it because they know you're going to get mad, that tells me you need to get the out of the situation and get a hold of yourself and say, you know what, I don't deserve this shit. I like myself enough, I love myself enough not to put up with this shit, and you need to get out. Again, professionally, you know what, you do what you want, 
I'm just here to try to help you and maybe direct you to look at yourself and look at what the hell is going on and why are you tolerating being disrespected. I don't know. Like I said, I'm usually pretty blunt, but I'm also compassionate. But I'm going to – that's why you're here. You're here to help me. Or, <laughs> sorry. You're here as I oops, sorry. <laughs> as <laughs> I'm here to help you and you know, you're coming for me for help, for advice and for me to just tell you what you want to hear and a lot of people in this field do that. That's bullshit. That's not helping you. That's not helping you. And I'm not gonna tell you what you want to hear. I'm gonna be honest and genuine and you know but I'm gonna sort of hold your hand in a way to help you look at those situations, okay? Av, I am beat. I am tired. Why don't we call it an evening a little bit? Is that okay? Take this phone call first. Oh, we got a phone call. Sure, why not? Okay, hi. This is uh, Greg Dzinski. You're on the air live with the Art of Relationships radio show. Hey, Greg. How's it going, man? Hey, not too bad. How's it? What's happening? Uh, Nothing much. Just want just to chime in on the whole X topic. Awesome. Um, well, I dated a girl about a year ago. You know, really awesome girl. Really great girl. Awesome. Only thing about it was about three months into the relationship, she was living with her ex-boyfriend in a one-bedroom apartment the entire time. What's wrong with that, man? Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I don't mean to diss you, man. That's And you, you, didn't, you found this out three months into it, huh? Yeah. How did you handle you know, that? Like, How did you handle that um, situation, I, man? I asked her, like, you know, why are you still staying with the guy? Because she said that she's been, because, like, after her friend told me about it, her um, friend I pretty much asked her, like, you know, why are you still staying with him? Good for she you. She was like, well, just needed a place to stay, and it's cheap. Yeah, I know. I hear the situation. They say... They break up and they rent, you know, they have a lease, whatever. And some people live together and buy a house and they can't afford to, you know, financially. And my situation, are you going to be okay with that? And like I said, there's no right or wrong situation. You you do what you feel is best for you. And if you're not okay with that situation, then, you know, there's nothing wrong. Then move on and try to get, you know, try to get to a better situation. How did you handle that? Are you guys still dating? No, I I couldn't do it. No, I I couldn't do it either. To be honest with you, you know, I couldn't. No, I couldn't not do that either. Do you regret that? Um, I did for the first couple of months, but I eventually just got over it. If it was a two bedroom apartment, I maybe would have tried to make it work. Right. One bedroom is too suspect for me. Yeah, it's a little suspect, even with the pull out bed or the couch situation. It's very difficult. Oh, we're uh, just showering together to save money on water, and <laughs> you get those situations. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Jay, I had a spot on my back, and I needed help with that. So you need to, that situation. It's difficult, and it's I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I there's no way I would say you know adios, whatever. But then you look, and Av and I were talking about uh, earlier. You know, you look at, and I know it took you a couple months, whatever. And we're like, oh god, man, the sex must be that great that <laughs> no. <laughs> it's keeping you. It's man, it's addictive, isn't it? You know, if the sex is that great and you're like, Oh dang, but you know what, I just can't do this and the sex can be great with somebody else down the road too. 
and, right, but yeah, I just wanted to get your little opinion on it. No, um, I, I agree with you. On it? My my opinion on that situation, I you know, I, I would walk. I, I would you know what the situ- I understand the situation, but give me a call when you are not in that situation anymore. That's how I would handle it. You know, I like you. I really like, you know, we click. I love this. This is cool. However, you know what? You need to give me a call when you are not in that situation anymore, and we'll see what happens. That's how I would handle that situation. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you know what? And I'm not one that says, you know, if it was meant to be, it meant to be. I'm not, you know, I think everyone uses that as a cop-out and tries to use it to you know, ease themselves and sort of, you know, BS themselves about that. So I would, you know, I'm like, you know, if you want something to happen, you can make it happen. <laughs> That's how I, I'm, I would be with you, man. I, I, I would do the same thing. You know, I think it's uh, best said, uh, I think the kids say it best when they do the text messaging, GTFO. I, I think that's the best way to put it, GTFO. <laughs> You get gotta the, go. Oh, uh-huh. oh, get the fuck out. Okay, that, I was. I'm trying to. I'm not. Yep. You know, some text lingo. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm still learning. <laughs> no, I, I. So I think you. You know, for you did the right thing. You know, and uh, I tell people. You know, there's no. Everyone's gonna tell you what to do, what not to do. You need to do what your gut tells you, man. And if you have no regrets cool for you for me in that situation I, I told you how i would handle it i would say you know what if you want it you need to rectify that situation get out of that situation you know what and then hook me up or you know look me up whatever and we'll go from there you know cool and if not you know peace out hopefully that helped All right. do you oh have, yeah that helped a lot are you good with that though are you good where you're at now yeah, I'm great where I'm at. Sweet. I'm just enjoying being single. Sweet. Good. Good for you, man. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you so much. That was cool. Uh, no problem. Peace Thanks out, okay? Advice, yeah. You take care, man. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. That's very cool. Now, um, yeah, in that situation, I that's I believe me, <laughs> I've been in it. I've dealt with so many people in that situation financially you know they're still we're broken up but we're still living together we can't afford this we can't afford that you know what i'd be you know we have a lease and i don't want to screw i understand the finances i I might you know try to sleep on the couch at you know how embarrassing moms friends whatever you know but and still pay what that's just uh yeah i i would like i mentioned to the caller i would say peace out i can't you know it's just too but you don't trust me. I, you, <laughs> you know what? You're right. Maybe I'm not strong enough. I'm not confident enough. Or maybe I'm just, I don't want to deal with the bullshit. I am confident enough and I, whatever, trust. Shit happens. I get that. But you know what? I'm confident in myself to know, you know what? I, I'm not going to, I just don't want to deal with that. It has nothing to do with lack of confidence. It has to do with, I, I don't want that shit. Plain and simple. Not easy, especially when there's a, a connection there, um, you know, emotional, physical connection. It's hard, man. It, um, make it sound like a matter of fact. It's very, very difficult, and you have to do what you feel is best for you. And, you know, if you get out of that situation a month and you regret it and you miss that person, then you're looking at, you know, maybe you make a contact and go from there. Like I said, you know, everyone puts A plus B 
you know, equal C type shit or right or wrong. You, you need to do a gut check and do what you feel is best for you. Okay. This has been the Art of Relationships radio show from rawradiox.com. You can check out the show live Monday and Wednesday evening, 9 to 11. And uh, look for information on my Facebook, the Art of Relationships, uh, or Greg Dzinski, D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I on Facebook, theartofrelationships.org. And I want to thank uh, Sebastian, a.k.a. Avenue, for all his help and insights again, as usual. And uh, Raw Radio X for having me part of the family. Everybody have a good hump night. Take care. Peace out. Talk to you guys Monday night.